0: Welcome to the Starting With One podcast Success Leaves Clues series with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that is different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts.
1: Welcome back to the Starting With One Podcast, Success Leaves Clue Series. Today's episode is sponsored by Life & Legacy Advisory Group. We believe sound financial advice improves people's lives. We're also brought to you by Aria Benefits. We help visionary business leaders to grow their companies through attracting and retaining top talent. I'm your host, Robin Bailey, here with my co-host and business partner, Al McDonald. Al, going into the long weekend, looks like we got some sunshine. I'm hoping you're out on your bike. What do you say?
2: That's exactly right. First long weekend of the summer. Always a pleasure to look forward to, and yes, I plan to be on my bike, get some miles in. And get some of that vitamin D as well. Well,
1: let's (laughs) jump into it. Everyone knows, the audience knows, I love Podcast Friday, and the reason is we get to meet really, really cool and interesting people, and today, of course is no exception. Our guests today are David Love and Michael Westover from Nicora Insurance. And a big special thanks to the business partner that you never hear on our podcast. You might've heard him once, actually. Joe Ferreira. Big Joe, thank you, sir, for all the introductions that you do into our firm and helping us meet great people. So... For the audience, we are going to be talking about the insurance space here today, but before anyone starts to on, I can promise you what these guys do is actually really interesting. So why don't we jump into it? Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having
0: us. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah, we had a great first conversation with you guys and we thought let's carry on the conversation in a podcast format and get to know each other even a little more. You know, the show is really one of the angles that we take is the entrepreneurial experience. So I don't know, I'd love to hear, start with the story about how did you guys meet and why did you want to become entrepreneurs in the first place?
0: Yeah, good question. Yeah, I guess I'll tackle that one, Dave Dave, Love here, thanks again for having us. Yeah, I'll give you the Coles Notes, to, to your point, we don't want anyone yawning or, or you know, bored here, so Coles Notes graduated from Western back in 2008 and always had an entrepreneurial mind and spirit, wanted to be my own boss, wanted to be my own uh, business owner, so to speak, my passion is is definitely golf uh, outside of obviously being a dad and a husband. So uh, I love golf and, and I wanted to get into the golf industry, the sporting goods community. So I worked for Callaway Golf for about eight years once I graduated, which was a fantastic experience. And lo and behold, I met a mentor uh, figure who's still a mentor to this day. And he was a private equity individual. He owned a an insurance brokerage based out of downtown Toronto and you know, he said as much as you know, golf is a, a great industry, I think there's some, some real upside in maybe looking to insurance. Lo and behold, fast forward you know, six months after a couple of coffees and adult beverages with, with this individual, I was working in the insurance space for a, a large Canadian-based company and I met my, my now business partner, Mike Westover, sitting to my, to my right. And Mike had been in insurance for a decade or so. Took a strong liking to one another. We had a lot of success. I think my kind of pedigree resume, you know, background, lent itself to to making some great introductions to to Mike. And you know, essentially, Mike taught me everything he knows about insurance. So it's very yeah, it's Long lo and behold. We put together a you know three to five year business plan which quickly, you know, was expedited to, to about 12 months when we opened up the doors to Nicora Insurance Brokers. That's kind of it in a nutshell. But yeah, I always wanted to be a business owner. And we've grown the team here at NACORA pretty rapidly. Maybe I'll, I'll turn it to Mike to kind of give his his background. But yeah, that's that's really how the, the business came to be. Yeah, and another kind of interesting fact is Dave had his uh, first child, daughter. He uh, bought his first house. And started the business all within, what, a month or two, right? Yeah, about 60 days, and <laughs> I'm still apologizing to my wife daily, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a good point. And, and Mike and I, our wives, Cheryl and Lee, are exceptionally close friends. We don't know how we did it, but we got them to sign off yep. on on this endeavor. A lot of and, bribing. And, yeah, a lot of bribing, a, lot of, you know, a big leap of faith, and yeah, here we, here we are five years into it.
1: I got a question, and there's a couple of things that you said in the introduction here. And I mean, one was about the mentor and having those important mentors. And I, I was lucky enough. My dad was in the business for 35 years, so that was that was my mentor. And I and I actually got to work with him for a short period of time before he retired, and he since passed away. And it's such a great memory to have those mentors and those work experiences. You talked about you know dating and when you guys first met, and Al and I did this similar thing. We had we had kind of dated at first to say, hey, is this going to be a fit? Why do you think you guys work really well together? What was it about when you started saying, "Eh, what about this guy? See if we can work together. What was it that said, yeah, this is, we're going to go down this path because as you know, as business owners, as entrepreneurs, it is not an easy journey. What gave you guys the confidence to say, yeah, this is the right business partner for me.
0: I think I'd start that off. Like as Dave mentioned, I was in the insurance industry for about 10 years before uh, joining the mid-sized private firm in Toronto. And I was a partner there and, and Dave was obviously just coming uh, out of the sporting goods industry, and really was eager and, and wanted to learn the insurance business. I personally took a kind of a different approach to personal and, and commercial insurance. I was influenced through my kind of first ten years of the business by by an older gentleman as well, a mentor that really had the old school approach of the, that advisor role in, in terms of a, being a, a property and casualty insurance broker, where you know you'd meet your clients around the kitchen table and, and, and chat about their insurance risks and and I've really believed in in that type of approach to service throughout my whole career and and with Dave's kind of pedigree and and his touch and personal relationships it just lent itself I think to the same philosophy and we don't take each other very seriously either like Dave and I like to joke around and have some fun and there's really no egos at all between us and uh yeah I hope there never is and uh yeah, you know, we, we we play hard and and we work hard. No, I was, was going to say we just to jump in. We we check the egos at the door. We work exceptionally hard, but we also play exceptionally hard. And yeah, I think I think Mike hit the nail on the head. Is trying to find you know common ground or, or, or my strengths or Mike's weaknesses and, and Mike's strengths are my weaknesses, right? And yeah. um, I think it takes a business partner and a, and a gentleman to admit that and we're trying to, to get to a common goal and we need each other to get there. So, hey, we have to get to first base before you get to second base and, and there's building blocks to, to building this firm and this brokerage and we've, we've done a great job at that. We're five years in and there's endless runway ahead of us. So we said, hey, let's do it together. And, and I think the only regret is, is maybe wanting to do it sooner than we did, which is a nice regret.
2: Absolutely. I know when we talked uh, the first time around, and you know, when you've talked about how well you two work together, the first time that we talked, it struck me that there's a lot of similarities between our practices, but you guys are in a very different Type of insurance, and to you know, to Robin's point about insurance being boring, <laughs> what you guys are doing is a little bit unique. So, can you talk about you know the buckets, if you want to call it that, the buckets of insurance that you focus on, and and what your value add is? Because when we very first spoke, again, it's a little bit of a, a unique approach that you guys have. So, can you maybe just sure. explore that a little bit? yeah
1: I
0: mean what what we focus on essentially is is two buckets of insurance we focus on what we refer to as high net worth or ultra high net worth home and auto insurance or often referred to as personal insurance solutions and then we also do business insurance or commercial insurance to summarize who our demographic is or our target target market in, in each of those two buckets, we target Canada's highest net worth or most affluent individuals and families and we try and build a, r- a fence around them to offer what is, the best insurance solution for their personal insurance assets. So that is, you know, domestic properties, cross-border properties, autos, watercrafts, jewelry, fine art, aviation risks. A big one being excess liability or liability exposures. And essentially, we try and offer a solution that is one point of contact, one common renewal date, hopefully one common carrier in many circumstances, and we. Going back to Mike's earlier point, we believe in the old school approach where today's getting pretty technical. It's easy to send renewals over email, but we tend to get in front of our clients as much as possible 30 to 60 days in advance of their renewal and walk through their portfolio line by line. And it's a tremendous value add because, again, a lot of our competitors aren't doing that. And again, the cross-border pieces is very important to us we want to be a one-stop solution. A lot of our clients, let's use an example, have a Toronto-based home, cottage in Muskoka, house in Naples, Florida, and maybe another place in, you know, it's called in the Bahamas. Typically, when we're reviewing a, a file, we would see multiple brokers, multiple carriers, multiple renewal dates. The goal is to consolidate that, ease of doing business, and we'll try and write that seamlessly through our oakville based office. So that's a, that's a value add and and that's in a nutshell, what we do in terms of the two buckets of insurance that we approach. Yeah, and on the commercial side, it's we do a lot of like, directors and officers liability, um, errors and emissions. We do a lot of financial bonding for uh, f- financial institutions. We do a lot of construction, a lot of uh, real estate, commercial real estate. Essentially, a soup to nuts of small to medium-sized, uh, privately-owned uh, commercial businesses in Canada. Yeah, and it's a good point. I mean, we want to stick to our lane, be you know, the best at what we do as opposed to a jack-of-all-trades. We get asked all the time, do you guys do life insurance? Do you guys do employee benefits? The answer to that is no, and it's not because we want to turn business away at the door. It's more we want to be known as our two buckets of insurance. We want to be the best there is. And that's why we have partners like yourselves. Yeah, that's why we have partners like yourselves and to put our valued clients into hands, you know, capable hands of, of trusted referral sources. Yeah, we, we always joke that we don't, we don't chase the Air Canada's of the world. On the commercial side, we're not built for it. We'll leave that to the Alpha House competitors but let's call it small to medium, predominantly Canadian private businesses. We'll look at it all day, every day. And yeah, then look to, to, to cross sell, right? I mean, if we're helping, let's call it Mr. Smith on his high net worth home and auto portfolio, he's most likely a business owner or C-suite executive. We'll sell onto the commercial side and vice versa. If we get you know an intro or, or approached on the commercial side, we'll look to round it out and, and definitely take care of his personally owned
1: assets. Dave, you were saying about you know, before you came into this business, you you came from a sports background. You love golf, and I don't. So um, you can you can go golfing with with Joe anytime, and uh, and I'll and I'll happily root you guys on, and maybe even meet you for a drink after. But I noticed uh, when we were chatting, and I and of course I was digging around your website. You you guys have something that's quite unique, and that's that's your athletes and entertainers program. Can you maybe just tell us a little bit more about that?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a unique space. It seems very glamorous. You're kind of outside looking in, which it can be, but it's more about doing a service to your client and treating all clients you know, the same, right? And the goal is to consolidate points of contact, enhance coverage, making sure premium offerings are extremely competitive. What's unique about that space is that they tend to move around a lot. You look at an athlete, for example, it's so up at the NHL. You know, we write a tremendous amount of active and retired or alumni NHL athletes. You know, one day they're playing in Toronto, the next day they're playing in, in Dallas, right? And with that, there's a lot of exposure one, liability, two, property risk, auto moving vehicles cross border. So we have to be able to react on our toes and act quickly to make sure that. All of those hard-earned assets are A, properly protected, and then from a liability perspective, they're adequately insured. So we find these individuals being in the limelight, of course, on various degrees within the portfolio, they become a bit of a target. It's much more cost-effective to purchase liability coverage domestically here in Canada and then extending it down to the U.S., You know, we won't get into all the the technical details or or nitty gritty, but yeah, it it becomes a a very important piece to these individuals. Obviously, their agents, their money managers are taking an active responsibility with these individuals. And they ask for, you know, Mike and I and our firm to make sure we're acting in their best interest. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a moving piece, but one that we understand. And accept the challenge of very well. So if there's ever you know, an exposure or risk that comes across our desk that, that fits that space, we're more than happy to, to jump all over it. There was a, a Canadian NFL player. He was uh, 325 pounds, six foot five, and his biggest fear with his insurance portfolio was, you know being hyped up after the game, coming off the field and you know shaking someone's hand with his big bear paw and literally causing an injury to somebody and shattering it and you know and that was his uh, you know largest liability concern was hey am i covered for something like that if you know god forbid it happens so there definitely are some characters in the book and there can be some nuances and challenges but it's definitely a challenge that we step up to so yeah and meet and meet head on right yeah 100 percent.
1: so let me ask you if i walk into your office are there going to be pictures on the wall with some of these sports figures nope absolutely not no, no. Not. No
0: jock sniffing. Here. Yeah, no jock sniffing for sure. Okay. Uh, I
1: was going to ask because I don't have them at the office, but I do have them in my basement gym. Of course, I've been in jiu-jitsu for, I just retired two years ago, but spent a lot of years in jiu-jitsu. So I have some very proud pictures with many of the Gracie family. Of course, who developed Brazilian jiu-jitsu, UFC champion, Matt Sarah. So I I do brag about those, but only only the friends that come over to the basement gym get to see those. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, it's a great point. We've had countless conversations about testimonials
0: and you know signed jerseys on the wall. But we are big believers. As as much as we don't take ourselves seriously from a confidentiality perspective, it's it's something we're very you know cautious about. And if you won't see any signed jerseys on the wall, uh, at least at the office. That's for sure. Okay. No, okay. Fair enough. But they do happen. I mean, uh, they just gave my uh, my eleven year old son uh, a signed Connor McDavid uh, All Star jersey, which. Yep. Uh, I think he's still on cloud nine uh, last yeah. night. So yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Roddy in the basement and uh, <laughs> I think collecting dust. And my wife said, you have three options, garbage, goodwill, or Mike's son. So <laughs> I thought I'd easy I thought i pass the torch along.
2: <laughs> so, and again, uh, you know, we've had this discussion before. You guys really have, have carved out a bit of a niche for you by the sounds of it. So can you talk a little bit about maybe some of the key coverages or products that, uh, that you guys offer and sell?
0: Sure. I mean, I think number one is a product called excess liability, similar to, to Dave's example earlier of, of a high net worth family having a Toronto home, a Muskoka cottage, and maybe a property in the U.S. or cross-border. It can be complicated and expensive to have ample enough liability on each individual asset. So what we would do is we would put $1 million liability on the house in Toronto, $1 million liability on the house in Muskoka, and probably the minimum liability in Florida, which would be about $300,000 dollars. And then we would put in place a $10 million or $20 million excess liability policy that would extend like an umbrella over all the assets. And that would go over any watercraft, any um, automobiles, ATVs, any, any of those personal assets. So that in the unfortunate event of a, an auto accident in you know Naples, Florida, where in many cases it's common to, to get dragged into a, a lawsuit, the underlying limit of liability would stack up, I guess, or start the claim. And then the 20 million or $10 million excess would swing down above. And it's a smart way to do it. If you were to try and obtain those, those limits, you know, from a primary perspective in the U.S., uh, it's extremely cost prohibitive, seeing as we are chasing that demographic of you know high net worth, ultra high net worth. The reality is, you know, I'm going to call it nine out of 10 of our clients have U.S.-based or domiciled assets. And it's a bit of a racket down the rates to business to pull in front of someone, get rear-ended, and then sue, right? A lot of it is defense costs and, and extremely litigious claim scenarios, but we have to make sure that our clients are, are properly protected. And we always say, because we do write a lot of valuable articles, collections, furs, wines, art, jewelry, if you, if you lose a Rolex, you know, it's not a great day, but for these individuals, it's probably not going to change their life. Whereas you're involved in a liability lawsuit and, you know to Mike's point, South Florida, and you catastrophically injure someone in an automobile accident, it'll change your life if you're sued for, let's call it $5 million US, you, you don't have uh, you know, inadequate limits. So that piece we take, obviously, extremely serious.
1: You know, we were chatting at the top of the podcast, and, and I think it was Dave that you had said, you know, we don't, we're not going after the Air Canada's. We leave that to the alpha houses, the big consulting houses. You guys run a firm similar to ours. You're a boutique firm. Again, you're not saying you can do everything. That's why you've built partners like we have together. But what would you say is your real strengths when you're competing in the marketplace against these competitors?
0: I think it's really the personal touch, you know, not only just as as business owners where we, you know, directly have a vested interest in in making sure all our you know clients are happy, but it's the fact that we have that old school approach to to our business where we're not looking for that you know, quick sale to, you know, to collect some commission. It's, it's we're looking for that 20, 30 year relationship. And really it comes down, I think, to also to lead into is we, we really like to do a web-based type of approach to our client management. So what that means is it creates essentially a large web. Where we're able to cross sell and, and and manage everyone entirely, so that essentially it's a family office type of approach to insurance management. Yeah, it's great. It's a great point too. I mean, it's interesting, right? It's similar to solid. We're selling a promise on paper. We're selling that if, in fact, these hard earned assets suffer from, we'll call it a rainy day, the premiums that you pay, the the service and expertise and guidance that you expect from our firm are gonna be there, they're gonna be triggered and they're gonna make you whole again as quickly and efficiently as possible, right? So, you know, we're only as good as A, you know, the service we provide B the carriers that we place the policies with, and in the event that there is, let's call it a a claim scenario, whether it be automobile, property, valuable articles, excess liability, A, we're answering our phones, our back office team are answering their emails and we're on site and we're reacting, you know, proactively rather than, you know, reactively. So so that we can get that client whole again as quickly as possible
1: you guys have built a great business and, I've enjoyed, and i have enjoyed and i hope the audience has enjoyed hearing about what you guys do because i think it is a niche and i think you guys have built you know carved out a niche that you guys are really good at and you obviously look after your clients really well but let's change direction what do you guys what's family life like for you like what do you do outside of because you can't work 24/7 and and i think some of us are workaholics and we're always trying to even on vacation check our emails but what do you do? What does family life look? How do you balance that out? And and maybe what do you do for fun? We know Dave loves the golf, but I'm sure there's other things too.
0: Yeah, I mean, family life, uh, you know, takes a large portion of my time. I have uh, twin boys that are nine and an 11-year-old boy. They're all, uh, you know, triple A hockey players. So, uh, you know, definitely in a lot of hockey rinks across Toronto and Ontario, it's a little bit of a racket. I'm a big outdoors guy. I, I do a lot of fishing and, uh, and outdoor activities. So, uh, whenever I can essentially sneak away, you'll probably find me on a lake somewhere or uh, enjoying the, the outdoors. Yeah, I mean, I, I do golf with Dave. I enjoy it. I wouldn't pretend that I'm anything close to uh, his handicap, but f- I do enjoy Mike. a few beverages on the course. Mike, is a, right. Mike is a scratch golf cart driver <laughs> and uh, consumer of adult <laughs> beverages, we'll call it but it is a good mix. I mean, yeah, I, I grew up playing golf competitively, you know, a lot of uh, kind of get dropped off at 8 a.m. and picked up at 8 p.m. And yeah, unfortunately, didn't have, you know, what it took in the old arsenal to, to take it to the next level. But that is my passion for sure, which is also great from a business perspective. And, you know, slowly, I've, I've kind of dragged Mike into, you know, trying to fall in love with the game. And, Vice versa, I mean, I didn't have a clue how to put a worm on a fish hook and, and how to hold a, a rifle, but slowly but surely, you know, I've adapted to uh, that life and, and I completely understand and appreciate why people fall in love with that side of things. So, yeah, we've kind of tackled both sides of, you know, our clients' passions, we'll call it, and yeah, I guess taught each other enough to be dangerous.
2: So, Mike, you and I, we can be on the golf course together, on the golf cart. <laughs> perfect (laughs) and and i can relate with the twins and the hockey rinks because i have twins two years younger than my oldest just like you all my kids are older than than your kids are but i'm still spending time in the hockey rink because that's um that's just the way they grew up so i can relate i I
0: don't even see a lot of gray hairs
2: there so Uh, well that's because there's just not a lot (laughs) at all (laughs) so Maybe we can wrap up, and, and we gave you a little bit of a heads up previous, but I'm going to ask you uh, my question now, and, and hopefully you've, you've had some time to think about it. And so, so here goes. There's an old saying. I'm not sure where the saying came from, but uh, there's a saying that goes, a society grows great when old persons plant trees in whose shade they will never sit. So can you talk a little bit about some of those proverbial trees that you guys might be planting? Could be on the personal side the business side, and how it might benefit someone down the road. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's
0: it's it's great saying, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, for, for me personally, and, you know, probably for Dave as well, I mean, having, uh, you know, young kids at home, we all try as parents to create the best path and, and best influence for our, for our children. And, I mean, Dave and I have chatted a lot about our vision for our company and what we want to accomplish and where we kind of see this business kind of 5, 10, 20 years out. And I think it would be similar to your dad, that you know, an opportunity to maybe mentor our kids and, and show them a path uh, in the insurance business that, you know, hopefully is, is fruitful for them and successful. And, and not only just on the business side, but personally try to create, you know, good people and kind children that are going to. Contribute to society, right? Yeah. In a positive way. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think there's a lot of kind of hype in, in today's world that is, hey, let's try and ramp this up, build it as quickly as possible and, and sell it off. And I mean, that's certainly not why Mike and I opened this business. We opened it to be leaders, be mentors to, you know, the Dave when he was graduating from Western at Cala and then working for Callaway and kind of Mike, you know, growing up in Brampton and you know, graduating from where'd you go, Lake? Was it Lakehead? Yeah, Lakehead. So I mean it's you know, there's there's a lot more Dave's and there's a lot more mics out there that you know are trying to carve their own niche, carve their path, find their way. There's a way to to onboard any of them and and kind of loop them into the insurance business, which has provided you know a great path for us, great experience, then then that's what we're here to do. And hey, if our kids show interest in it, great. And if they don't, then you know we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But yeah, to Mike's point, we we want to raise great people first and and successful business owners second. And I think too, just lastly, I mean, we have a tremendous back office staff. I mean, we can't do what we do, which is meet great people like yourselves, go out and, you know, play golf and take clients hunting and fishing and have, you know, fancy lunches unless our back office is is dialed in. So we're only as good as our back office. And quite frankly, they're a 10 out of 10. we put them up against anyone else in the business and in the industry. So yeah, big, big thanks to them. And we're very lucky to have them. Well said.
1: Great answer. And just speaking as someone who grew up in insurance, and there were three of us, and I was Dad's last hope at carrying on the legacy. And you know, it's, it's just one of those things. I think I'm, Dad never forced it on us. It was available, and it, there was an opportunity there. And especially with him passing two years ago now, I'm I'm very grateful that I had the opportunity. And you guys are probably doing the same. I I still have such great memories. He would bring me in on a weekend. And of course, the, the most fun thing was going to the office and wheeling around on someone's chair. I, mean, I hope they never noticed that I had taken their chair around the office, but good for you guys. That's, a, that's an awesome answer. Really, really enjoyed chatting with you guys and developing our relationship, which is certainly going to continue, and we'll continue chatting. But I wanted to say thank you so much for joining us today, sharing your journey. What's the best way for people to reach out to you if they have questions about yourself or what you're doing at the
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, email, call, text, you name it, we're available. Myself, david.love at necora.com. You know, I'll say it again, david.love at necora.com. Feel free to shoot me an email. Phone number is 416-473-7169. That's a good way to get a hold of us. I mean, we're happy to answer any questions, provide guidance, whether it be you know reviewing or auditing a portfolio, whether it be home and auto or commercial, we would love to do so. Yeah, hit the website at necora.com. And thanks so much for having us. We appreciate it. And uh, we know insurance you know, isn't always the most riveting of topics, but he <laughs> yeah, provided a couple of chuckles and smiles
1: on, on listeners' faces today. You guys definitely make it fun. And listen, you, with serious business in this world, you got to have fun once in a while so and, and enjoy the process. Well, that does it for today's episode. I really enjoyed this conversation. As always, I hope you did too. If you have any questions for Al or myself, please feel free to give us a call or by joining the conversation on LinkedIn. Success leaves clues. And remember, it all starts with one.